Welcome to the Diversity on the Hill podcast with Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Curcio. Here are the ground rules for our conversation. Respect one another. Openness. No assumptions allowed. Mistakes are welcome. And let's grow together. Enjoy the conversation. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Diversity on the Hill podcast. This is PJ. Sitting across from me is PK. And we have a special guest. Yes, we do. Once again, by popular demand, Justina Rome is here with us. Yeah. I didn't use the button. Oh, thank you. Thank you. See, gets, see. Gets, I was going to put the, the happy, cheery button, yay, but. <laughs> he gets too happy with that button. So he, he, he tells me, stay away from the button. No, no, I'm kidding. Now, did we ever get a? Now we never got a. We never got a a, a nickname for her. I don't. That's think. what I was gonna say. Yeah, a real quick one. I don't know, mm. Justina. What 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 nickname do they call you? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Jr. Oh, Jr. Okay. Jr. is good. That's good. We'll go with Jr. There you go. All right. All right. Like it. Now that we're gonna have to start going away from the the starting with the P's. Because well, we're gonna run out of letters. We only have so many. Yeah. So Jr. sounds good. Jr. is good. That yeah. works. Yeah. yeah, it works perfect. All right. Works Do you know who perfect. shot Jr.? That's an old, old, old reference that oh. only those who were in the '80s get. Oh, I thought you were gonna say like who shot the sheriff. No, no, no. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> you know, I was like Jr. I don't Do you know, know that? Do you know that reference? Don't you know that reference. Really? Don't. Interesting. Huh? Okay. I'm the I'm the only one who who knows this reference. Ah, Did you know it? I had no idea. Really? Was it from a show? Yeah, in the '80s, um, there was a show called Dallas. Mm-hmm. Dallas. And I there was this humongous show. cliffhanger episode one season, where one of the characters, his name was Jr., got shot, and so the whole off like season, they're debating who shot Jr. And it was this huge thing in like all over the publications of who shot JR, who shot JR. But you guys were good and weren't watching TV while I was just watching TV. <laughs> so good for you. That's why well, you're better people and more intelligent than I. No, no. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. The, the first place I went when she said JR was actually um, my suffix because mm-hmm. I'm a junior. So it's JR. Okay. All right. So, all right. All anyhow. Right. I can feel that. <laughs> but it doesn't stand for a junior. It stands for Jacina Rome. Just for oh, the record. Jacina Rome. <laughs> so, Jacina, you joined us on our special live podcast. That's at right. Regenerate. Our one and only. Our one and Woo-hoo. only. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And so, for those who weren't listening uh, or who haven't gone back and listened to it, or remind us. Or didn't attend Regenerate. Right. Remind us of who you are. Absolutely. So again, I'm Justina Rome and I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Mm-hmm. Um, licensing means that I have the authority in the state of Tennessee to diagnose and treat those who are living with mental health disorders. Oh, okay. Sweet. So you specialize in mental health disorders because not all s- social workers do that. That's right. Exactly. So let me ask you this. You raised an interesting question. I'm curious here. So when you say licensed um, social worker. Mm-hmm. Is the licensing part the one that lets you do the mental part of it or is there? Exactly right, PJ. Okay. So I have to take a really tough test. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Which means she's really smart, like you said earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in the clinical part of social work. Okay. So Ooh. there's a case management part of social work. Mm-hmm. Um, some people go into education where they're professors and those kinds of things. Um, and usually the, the case management piece is usually your bachelor's level social workers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you get more into your master's level social workers, that's where you get more into the clinical okay. part of social work. And some people just stay on the master's level. Uh, but if you really want to be seen as an independent practitioner, so I don't need supervision over me, mm. um, I can um, open up a private practice, which I had oh, nice. mm-hmm, for several years. Um, and I don't have to have any type of authority over me. Um, mm. Then you would move into um, getting your license. So you have to do right now is 3000 hours in the state of Tennessee wow. under a licensed clinical social worker. Um, and then you, um, sit for the test all right wow. so you did the three thousand hours and sat for a test well actually i did two thousand it was two thousand good to be grandfathered in sometimes yes yes, yes. <laughs> uh but you know she's been doing it for some time mm-hmm. yeah. so I'm how long sure have you been working at it 
Yes, so I have been licensed since 2004. See? Okay. <laughs> I told wow. you, so she's got well over the 3,000 yeah. hours anyways. <laughs> wow, fantastic. That's good to know. Oh, she's I a did blessing. Not, I did not realize that licensed social worker part was that exact. So Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. Yes. Well, welcome back. We're going to talk about some things. And if you weren't listening at that point in time, we had a bunch of questions asked of us of some mental health issues. That's great. And so we weren't able, obviously, we only spoke for about 15, 20 minutes. We weren't able to get to all the questions. We maybe got to one or two of them. Mm -hmm. That's great. But we want to go over some of those questions that were given to us at that point in time. So today's episode, we are going to be talking about mental health, specifically specific questions that were asked of us and anything that may kind of go through that. And I think we're going to try to get two episodes in. So hopefully we have enough time and don't uh, talk too much about dumb stuff that we can get uh, to. <laughs> but I'm always into dumb stuff. Oh, it's not dumb stuff. Uh, so Justina, what is your favorite dessert? Cheesecake. Cheesecake. Oh, oh you're fancy schmancy. There you go. All right, all right. So is there a specific type of cheesecake? Specific? Yes, strawberry. Okay. With a little cool whip of whipped cream. All right. Mm -hmm. Nice. But yeah, also, another mm -hmm. homemade dessert that's one of my favorites mm. is my mom's pound cake. Okay. Ooh, my mother I heard makes about the that best one. pound cake ever. I heard that. Okay, let, let me ask you this. This brought something, you because you said my homemade dessert. I will agree that... For the most part, homemade desserts are the best. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But my mom has this statement <clears throat> that I sometimes bristle at. She's like, homemade is always the best. How does that sound to you? Cena <laughs> <laughs> and I are laughing already. <laughs> it's like, that's a trick question. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it depends what is being made at home. Yeah, exactly. And who makes it. Exactly. She <laughs> says it all the time. I'm like, mom, it's not always the best. Oh, no, homemade's always the best. And, and here's the thing. I know my mom doesn't listen, so I can go here. <laughs> First off, Curcio knows I love my mom's cooking. Yes. Mm -hmm. She is the best cook of Puerto Rican food ever, hands yes. down. That, that's there his is, position. There is no doubt in my mind that yeah, that is he true. He hasn't invited me or brought me any food. No, you, you, didn't, go invite down to no, you didn't invite me. You just Yeah, you could come by any time I'm visiting, but there's no way it's going to last that's true. by the time he's I bring it up. He's going to eat it all up. Yeah, he yeah. told me. There's no way. <laughs> At least he's honest. Yeah. I'm going to be like, yeah, sure, I'll bring you something and not bring it. No, I don't do that. So I'm like, hey, we should hang out sometime, and then we never hang out. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yes, sir. He's right. He, all right, he all right. So anyways, she's a great cook. But I will tell you this. She's a pure Puerto Rican cook, which means she cooks by feel and love. Oh, yes. Oh, all right? Yes. There is no recipe. Oh, yes. You have no idea what a recipe is. <laughs> but here, right. is, here is the problem with that. My mom cannot cook with a recipe. Oh. She's been given recipes, and she <laughs> slaughters them. Well, that okay. makes sense. All right. Okay. And that so with desserts, they're very recipe oriented. They are. There's not a lot of they feel are. with desserts. Baking. Mm -hmm. So I remember my wife gave her this. It was a no-bake cheesecake. And so it should have been super easy. And she, it was, it was, let's just put it, it was interesting. Okay. Interesting is a good word. Yeah, it was interesting. Now, you see. At that point in time, you cannot say. Homemade is the best. Well, at that point, that that is very yeah. specific experience you shared. No, there. there's all uh, there's also other experiences all, of homemade all, food all, that isn't good. All I was gonna say was yeah. recipe or no recipe, my home cooking is not good. So I wouldn't ever wait, say wait, wait. that Let's, homemade so, is. So you're saying best. your wife can't cook? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no. Oh, you, you, notice how I said if I uh, you said my cooking. home cooking. You didn't say my cooking my home cooking uh, that's yeah. what i said my nah, home cooking nah but you see how it could be construed and i'm very good at seeing it i see, I see, yeah. I see you were trying yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. He's nah, that, and i know he would never say that about his wife no nope. but uh you just be careful bro yeah thank you i appreciate it no my comma home cooking if you want to do that <laughs> i was following you <laughs> thank you thank you thank you justina see I, i'm glad she threw me a bone oh she's so kind she is yeah come on now <laughs> Justina's judicious. Judicious. Right. I can't even right. know how to speak to Sweet. I'll, and Anyhow, I'll save the other ahead. question for the next uh, for the next episode. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to take a break now or we're going to dive right in. What are we going to uh, do? We'll, 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 we'll throw a little few notes of music here. All right. I hope you heard the music and we're back. It was enjoyable. It was. It was nice. <laughs> Such a long break to think about things. <laughs> As really we get, get our minds in the right spot. That's there right. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we were always, um, with the program we used, we were just trying to 
asked the questions that uh, were promoted the most or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. got the most likes or what have you. And there was one that we were going to ask at that particular moment right before we ran out of time. Okay. So I thought we could pick up right there. Are you diving in the deep end right away? Uh, maybe. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I don't know. So this is the question here. It says, how do we break out of toxic relationships without hurting the other person? And then they put in parentheses, I care about them and want to be there for them, but they have hurt me a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, Justina. All right, first, <laughs> okay, you want to take it? Yeah, let's, let's dive into this a little bit. Right, first off, it. I want to know what you your definition of toxic relationship is. Because I have heard toxic relationship used for things that really aren't toxic, that are just, I don't like it, and I'm going to call it toxic, and then Mm. things that are toxic, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you asked that question because I think that really is a good place to start to really define toxic. Mm -hmm. What does that really mean? Because I think that term gets thrown around quite a bit, Mm -hmm. and you're right, it gets misconstrued, and Mm -hmm. people use it for other things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when we think about the word toxic, I think we need to be specific that we're not talking about people. Mm -hmm. People are not toxic, but their behaviors may be toxic see the uh, difference there yeah, absolutely, okay. absolutely. Okay. like, like okay. you're not you're not stupid but you can do stupid stuff there you go Curcio. yes Yikes. yes yes why so are you looking at me like that when you say that bro no because earlier you I mean, said we on, talk man. about super stuff come so on I'm man, saying, no, yeah, I'm come just man don't be talking about me like that i was i did not call you stupid you, this is getting toxic okay. <laughs> <laughs> just messing <laughs> I'm sorry, PJ. So I'm we're sorry. talking about behavior. Behavior, yeah. Behavior. I'm behaving behavior. toxically. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> no. so I'd really define toxic as any behavior mm-hmm. that threatens your emotional, mm-hmm. psychological, or even physical well-being. Ooh, okay. there it is. All right. Thank you. All right. So, mm-hmm. so how in this person's question, how do you? They've break been out hurt of, yes. by this person, and so the, how do we break out of? That without hurting them or without yep. that that's that's what they're okay. concerned about and I guess you know their physical well being is well maybe compromise compromise thank you is the word I was looking okay. for okay mm-hmm. um, and this is a very difficult um, dynamic relational dynamic for people mm-hmm. to be in because you definitely find people that you really love and care about mm-hmm. and things don't appear. Um, toxic in the beginning and Mm -hmm. so you get yourself kind of emotionally connected or attached to that person and then when you start to see behaviors Mm -hmm. that are not healthy then you start to say okay the gut is telling me this is not good but the emotions are saying I don't want to leave this person I care Mm -hmm. about this person I want this person to know that I love and care about them. And I think the first step that we have to really consider when uh, someone is in this type of relationship is number one, how do you want to be treated? Mm. Okay. Okay. You really got to think about yourself because we, we teach other people how to treat us. Mm. Okay. And so a lot of times people have not been taught. They don't have the skill set because of their own experiences to have healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if mm-hmm. we think about behavior, okay, that's hurtful, that's harmful to our emotional and our psychological or even our physical well being, it's because we don't know how to treat other people. We have not been taught or given that skill set. And so that moves into we don't have those boundaries that would prevent us from moving into some toxic behaviors. Mm -hmm. So I think the first step would be, how do I want to be treated? Mm -hmm. Okay. And when people step outside of that, you've got to be able to, first of all, communicate that. Mm -hmm. This is okay versus this is not okay with me. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So Mm self-worth apparently, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. it's our, maybe our lack of self-worth or self-love, if you want to call it that, not narcissism, but um, the way we view ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, can impact the boundaries also. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. And so um, when we are able to identify what those boundaries are, then we communicate that. Mm-hmm. And then once we do, we do have to hold people accountable when those boundaries are crossed or not respected. And that can be a tough one because right. a lot of times 
um, that person, the other person doesn't like the accountability, which can create a lot of stress in the relationship. Got it. And so then we may have to move into, I may have to take a break from this mm-hmm. relationship. Um, a lot of times, you know, you hear cut it off, you know, get away from the person. But sometimes you just may have to take a little break, give them some time to kind of adjust to the new boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, or you may have to just lessen your time with that person mm-hmm. so that it is not the relationship is not wearing you down emotionally. So so we're talking about uh sounds like just friendships or what have you, right? So you can apply that to friendships, you can Any apply relationship. that to even even familial like in the home. Yes. Oh, yes, interesting. Can you please absolutely. elaborate a little bit more on absolutely. on if if we have a toxic toxic environment or relationship with family members. Absolutely. And you can't really get away from them literally, right? So how do we how do we handle that? Absolutely. Um, And that I think is one of the toughest ones because you made a good point there. You cannot really get away physically from them. But again, trying to communicate what's okay versus what's not okay. Um, And then also being very mindful of your responses. Um, Trying not to focus on changing them or changing their responses because really we don't have control over that. That's right. But really being focused on how do I respond that keeps me in a healthy emotional place. Um, So, for example, okay, um, one example of toxic behavior is not being heard, being blamed. When you say something or set that boundary, Mm -hmm. then there's that flip around of it's your fault. Ah, that's right. And so one way I think to be um, mindful of how you respond is to know that this is a pattern for the person. Okay. So don't put yourself in that situation. Try to avoid those situations where you will be blamed. Just take responsibility for what you can Mm -hmm. and then move on. Um, and not trying to have that person be accountable because at that point they're showing you that there is no accountability. They just cannot manage the responsibility of their part Mm -hmm, in the relationship. And so just not putting yourself in that place where you expect that accountability. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I I have a further question on that. So obviously in the familial setting, and and at Regenerate, we were taking questions from a lot of youth. Yes. Correct. So in in unhealthy relationships, if there is an unhealthy parent, um, you know, and if you're setting boundaries at this point in time or, or trying to, to set some distance, I guess there can be an opportunity for the parent to say, Hey, to, I guess, exercise their authority yes, and exercise yes. their, their, I guess, you know, so-called wisdom or so-called, Hey, listen, you're just a kid. You shouldn't be setting these boundaries and, and kind of this inability to be able to set the boundaries. If the, if the person is authority figure, I mean, this mm-hmm. happens in work environments too. Mm-hmm. If there's mm-hmm. a boss mm-hmm. and you're saying, Hey, listen, this is not my boundaries. Well then I'm the boss. I get to tell you what, you know, we see this, this kind of power struggle yeah, in a we, lot of, in a lot of times. Yeah. Like, like we say, PJ's our boss, but he's a good boss. So not, we, no, no toxic relationship. No here. toxic. No, no. toxicity. Going I'm on. not your boss. <laughs> it's always his response. Is it about to get toxic? <laughs> he doesn't like the title you putting you on know, him. You know, <laughs> you are crossing a boundary right now. <laughs> Sorry, I was speaking for all the other youth pastors in the conference. But anyways, all right, go ahead. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um. So um. You were saying when there's a power differential. Sure. So I'm thinking of the youth who's Mm -hmm. like, all right, great. I can set boundaries, but the adult is not allowing me to set those boundaries. I'm trying to make space, but they are exercising their authority in such a way that it's impossible to set those boundaries. Very tough, very tough. And I see that a lot of times in my work with adolescents. When Mm -hmm. I have seen adolescents, that's one of the things that a lot of times bring them into therapy Mm -hmm. um, because they have a parent that um, doesn't allow them to have a voice. They don't feel like the parent allows them to have a voice. Mm -hmm. Um, They see their parent as very controlling, Mm -hmm. um, not open to their thoughts and opinions about decisions that they want to make. And so it can be very challenging for that young person to have a healthy and clear sense of, hey, I matter. Hey, mm-hmm. what I say matters. Mm-hmm. Um, because you learn, really, how to live in relationships from your familiar um, mm-hmm. system. That's right. how you learn. Um, and so one thing that I try to encourage them is, that, um, is to help them remind themselves that even though 
they may not have the physical validation that they matter and that their voice matters, that um, they have to believe that within themselves, that mm-hmm. they do have that, that, um, that prerogative to make certain choices. And sometimes we have to be a little bit more willing to kind of compromise those choices because we do have more of that authority over us at that point. Um, but knowing that that's not going to be forever, that mm-hmm. will shift, that will change. Um, and so trying to help them also um, recognize that you do have um, a voice, but sometimes your voice has to be kind of um, uh, quieter right now um, in a way that um, does not create more distress for you. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes um, the the environment is just not... Uh, healthy enough mm-hmm. for that voice to be heard in a way that is go- not going to be emotionally damaging. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then them trying to find other adults in their lives mm-hmm. who can be supportive of them, who maybe can help them, ally with them, mm-hmm. um, even in um, being able to um, support them in a in a way that kind of aligns with their family. Mm-hmm. Um, if they have an outside relative, an aunt, uncle, you know, someone who could kind of advocate a little bit for them, a, a teacher or someone that their parents respect um, can also be a helpful strategy um, sometimes for them to use to say hey um, another adult is saying hey look at this perspective see mm-hmm. it from a different perspective rather versus the child or the youth trying to um, um, uh, advocate for themselves when you know it's, it's very clear that the authority figure is not open to that right well that's excellent okay so to, to recap just to make sure I'm going to try to uh, synthesize this a little bit. Obviously, we're not going to be able to get to every single core <laughs> answer because everyone's circumstances and family dynamic different. or relational mm-hmm, dynamics mm-hmm, are different. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can, first of all, acknowledge how you want to be treated. Yes. That's yes. that's key. And then second, set healthy boundaries um, mm-hmm, once you mm-hmm. realize how you want to be what's treated. What's okay, what's not okay. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then third, if you feel like you're under authority, mm-hmm, if you will, mm-hmm. um, then... Uh, not silence your voice, but qu- quiet it in the sense of finding an advocate yes, for you. Yes, yes. Um, and then that could also help out as it pertains to um, uh, addressing your feelings and the things that, that you would like to see in the, your relational dynamic, whatever it may be. Is I that, think you did a right? pretty good job. Oh, thank you, my dear. I'm You're trying a great to, listener. I'm trying. Yeah, <laughs> I'm he, trying. He's the professional in the house. Oh, please. Right. <laughs> the, the professional is sitting over there. And well, that I'm, is I'm talking JR. about between me and you. <laughs> oh, no, please. Yeah, you're the professional between me and you. Anyhow, okay, so oh. we're going to move on to the next topic. Now, this one is a little bit more complicated. Okay, okay. Uh, this one received the second most likes, and the question after that one was similar. And received the second most likes. So I'm going to try to... to, to um, Wait, they both received the second most likes? I'm sorry. The first one got the first most okay, likes. Okay, all right, all right. Because I said that because I had... Anyways. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking you. at the screen here and trying to figure it all out. But thank you for clarifying. So here it is. As a Christian, youth particularly, mm-hmm. how should I deal with feeling or thinking that I am homosexual or if I have a homosexual attraction. That's deep. It's hard to really address, but I'm going to leave this one. I'm going to softball this one to JR. (laughs) (laughs) Help us out with this one, JR, because this seems to be very popular. There were quite a number of questions, actually, Mm -hmm. about this. I think it's hard because we have not um, been... um, able maybe to have enough conversation around mm. this okay. particular topic um, just in our church community um, in our youth community um, it's kind of one of those things that we know it's going on but um, it's kind of one of those things that you're like okay how do we really talk about this or what's appropriate how do we navigate all of that Um, But I think that um, for the young people that may be experiencing um, thoughts and feelings, um, you know, um, it is absolutely, I think, something that um, 
people need to feel comfortable with being able to come to safe people and say, um, this is what I'm experiencing Mm -hmm. and being able to, um, to validate that that is their experience. Um, because a lot of times when we are kind of closed off to validating Mm -hmm. that that's their experience, whether we agree or disagree, it doesn't have anything to do about agreeing or disagreeing. Of course, of course. It's, it's really about that. I'm listening. I hear you and the thoughts and feelings if that is what they're experiencing, that's what they're experiencing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think um, for the youth trying to find someone who could listen, Mm -hmm. um, who doesn't condemn, doesn't judge, um, but just has kind of that listening ear um, because sometimes um, it is uh, just that need to kind of figure things out because uh, honestly, um, healthy development in adolescence, um, a lot of youth actually struggle with, you know, what attraction they're going right. to have to the opposite gender or to the same gender. That is very normal for adolescents. So exactly. this is a, a developmental stage that a lot of young people go through. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't think we talk about that enough, that this is a- appropriate for young people to go through to determine, you know, um, um, the attraction to whatever gender, um, and then helping them to understand that too, you know, Mm -hmm. helping them to see this is a part of development. Um, and, uh, whatever, um, they're thinking or feeling, um, our feelings are always okay. Mm -hmm. Our feelings are always okay. Um, but finding healthy people, I think that are, can be supportive and non-judgmental to kind of have and talk through some of these thoughts and feelings with mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of give them some support as they're working with them um, and, and working through them. Because a lot of times what happens is um, we don't feel like we have anyone that mm-hmm. we can share with. We go into secrecy mm-hmm. and then it becomes a bigger issue for us. And then it matriculates into depression, anxiety, mm. um, other mental health issues. Um, and so you get a larger situation when um, it could have been something that could have been managed in a way that was a lot more beneficial. So um, to the young person, I just would say, um, if you have a confidant, um, an older person that you could talk to, talk through with some of this, um, and, and also know that this is a normal part of healthy development. Um, um, and not feeling like you have to, uh, make a decision either way. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, you don't have to decide or you don't have to figure it out. Um, again, that, that is something that, um, doesn't have to be done right away. It, it's just sometimes a process, right. um, that people go through. Yeah, um, makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Um, did you want to follow on that PJ? I, well, it's hard speaking in front of such, uh, talented people um <laughs> she is eloquent yeah she's very eloquent. <laughs> uh you know in, in in all kind of even mental health and spiritual and you know let's say political and and you know how we how we talk about having conversations mm-hmm. right of course uh to, to me is is very important part of the part of the part of the thing to me is you know, when I struggle with something, the, the, the times that I can best find um, healing or momentum or, you know, a, a path forward, mm-hmm. uh, let's say, even with, with past problems that, you know, we've shared on, yeah. on, on our platform is to have those conversations, but also be open uh, to change, be open to the ability to take advice, even if it's, seems to be difficult or against our you know innate nature as 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 sinners we have innate an innate nature mm-hmm. right and i'm yeah, talking right. from a spiritual mm-hmm. sense right right of course yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and we all fight that innate nature and it looks different for certain people right mm-hmm. so i would say someone who's struggling with lgbtq um you know their struggles are just as real as a heterosexual who struggles with you know i think we Other talked stuff. about this yeah, last yeah, week yeah, yeah they're struggling with their own issues right mm-hmm. The, the problem is, is that one is deemed more appropriate by the church, I guess. But if it's a sin, it's a sin. If it's a struggle, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Right, right, right. And right. so being able to have that open conversation, and even if you're, even if someone addresses and says, hey, listen, I don't agree with it. Here, here's some, here's some things that maybe you can think about. You know, 
being being open to I wouldn't say critiques, but yeah, critiques, advice. I mean, I have found those to be my best growing experiences. But you have to find someone, you like you said, mm-hmm. who's willing to have the conversation with you in a way that's respectful. Yes. yes in a way yes. that's open. And safe. And, mm-hmm. yeah, safe. Mm-hmm. Safety is huge. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And and I would, you know, that's something, you know, I'm interested in, in getting your th- thoughts on. What, what exactly does that mean, safe? Because uh, some people would consider anything against your thoughts or your way. So, so if me and Curcio were having an, an argument, which we do all the time, <laughs> and once he contradicts me, you know, it would be very easy for me to, to, to be like, well, you don't agree with me, so I don't feel like this is a safe space. Mm. Well, and I- so that's something that I feel like we need to address as well. Just because someone doesn't agree with us or has a different right. worldview right. doesn't make it not a safe space. Correct. It's are they still validating you as a person, even if they don't agree, Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are they validating you and, and saying, hey, listen, I'm still going to love you and care for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I might not agree with mm-hmm. that statement. I might not agree with that. You know what what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But and, and so that's something that I struggle with because I, I have had conversations with people where it's like, no, I, I still value you. I just don't agree with you. I'm hearing you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when my when my daughter was younger, it would be like, no, I'm hearing what you're saying. I just don't agree with what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I'm hearing you. And Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So I think um, one major component of safety is knowing that the other person is listening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're listening to really understand, mm-hmm. not listening to respond. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's deep. Um, so that's one, I think, major component that you know that person really is trying to understand your experience, understand the struggle, as you were just talking about, PJ. Um, and then secondly, are they being compassionate? Mm-hmm. Okay. Are they seeing this from just a human place that we all deal with things, that we all struggle with things, that they don't see themselves above you mm-hmm. or better than you because they're not struggling with that particular thing. Um, I, I, that's why I see kind of compassion is that, you know, that person is really aligning themselves with you and they're able to say, you know what, I'm not struggling with that particular thing, but hey, I've had some struggles over here with something mm-hmm. else. And they're able to maybe um, share some of their experiences of, of how they've struggled. So I think those two things are really important when we talk about safety that we create, first of all, an acknowledgement that I'm listening. I really want to understand. Mm-hmm. And then I'm coming from a place of compassion because I care. I really do care about you and I care about what's going on and I want to support you. Um, as much as I can. Um, and so um, when those two things, I think, are really the the, the components that cre- create, um, sorry, that are the foundation of the conversation, mm-hmm. then I think people can hear better when you don't agree. Mm-hmm. They're able to hear your other, um, your opinion or your opposite um, determination about the situation a little bit better and be more open to exploring that. Um, versus if we come with a more judgmental from a judgmental place or a place that is not as I would say emotionally safe. So, so let me piggyback on what Justina shared and I am no professional by any means. Um, I've taken a couple of coaching courses and what have you, and I keep growing in that Mm -hmm. sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the aspects of listening to, um, is entering it's, it's, Listening with empathy, which mm-hmm. compassion, compassion is there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea is, of listening with em- empathy is also being willing to enter into the person's pain. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's difficult when you're trying to listen to somebody and you're hearing their pain and you don't understand their pain, mm-hmm. right? So then it's like we try to sympathize with the person, but I can never, we can have the same exact experience and still react to it completely different. Absolutely. And and this is where where listening, you know, like you're saying with compassion and um, listening with empathy, right, and mm. wanting to enter into a person's pain, it 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 gives now you the the coins if you say you know like like mm-hmm. the the coins to be able to to cash into sharing when you are not in agreement with what the person is sharing. Like that's how you. You get buy-in, in other words, mm-hmm. from the other person when they can see you're not trying to, quote-unquote, fix me. That's right. You are not That's trying to it. lead me mm-hmm. into what you think is right, mm-hmm. but you're willing to hear my pain and 
journey with me while I'm sharing this. And then ultimately you get the opportunity to share. Absolutely. I don't know if that, if that makes sense. Maybe it's, it's a little bit too No, I think it makes perfect <laughs> sense because empathy is not about changing anything mm-hmm, from right. the person. You're not right. there to change their perspective, okay? Mm-hmm. When you are um, trying to put yourself, um, shift yourself into someone else's experience, mm-hmm. um, as you, you use the word pain, um, your job is to try to align yourself. Where in your life, have you? Because we have all experienced hurt. Right. We've right. all experienced sadness. In We've some all way, experienced shape. disappointment. In some way, shape, or form. We describe. have, and it may not be that exact experience, or it may have been that exact experience. But we know those feelings. We right. know those emotional places. Correct, okay. Correct. And so your your empathy really is about trying to align yourself in some way with that experience that the person is communicating, so that you are able to truly sit with them mm-hmm. n- not there to change it not there to um adjust their story or but really believe what they're experiencing because you from a human it goes back to us having a shared humanity there you go are able to um um put yourself in um in that person's um, place and be able to like i said sit with it and not try to avoid it or or, or, or run away from it. Now, PJ, I, I want to make sure that I was hearing you correctly, too, as I'm processing what you shared. Mm-hmm. And and when you're talking about from the spiritual side of it, it's not about fixing the person either. I think that what you're getting at is emotions or feelings change. Like, they don't stay the same all the time. Is that about, about right? Maybe, PJ, or maybe, uh, JR, if you want to speak to that. Because feelings... You know, right now I could feel upset or or have a short wick, if you will, to getting to the upset part. But really it was because I didn't eat. So then what happens is um, I got hangry, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. on something that I may not have been. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have reacted the same way if my environment was different. Absolutely. Or my circumstances were different. And as soon as you get that cracker or something to eat. Start feeling better already. Yes, right, yes. right, right, right. Better so, be more so, than a cracker. <laughs> <laughs> it, might, it, it had to be a donut for PJ, but it's all good. One good cracker. <laughs> that's round and doughy and has frosting on it. See? <laughs> so I guess I want to, I, I do want to, so there's, there's two things. There's really two things. I mean, to answer the question, yeah. mm-hmm. it is find a safe place. Mm-hmm. Find mm-hmm. find someone who can talk to you. Of course, mm-hmm. of course. Find someone who can, you know, that you can relate to on some level to mm-hmm. find a safe place to, to converse. Um, and so, you know, I, f- I feel like all that we're talking here about is, is definitely something that, that is good and valid. You know, once again, from, I'm not, I'm not sure quite what, what you were saying on the spiritual level from me, uh, what exactly the question is. Okay, no, because you were, you were saying that when you open up and you share with someone, mm-hmm. you also have to be willing to listen to what mm-hmm. is going to be shared. Mm-hmm. And what I was saying is in order for, uh, for the person who's sharing, mm-hmm. okay, uh, to be able to listen to the person who's listening to them, that person has to be able to enter into their pain while listening with empathy and compassion and compassion and which makes it a safe environment for them. Sure. Because otherwise they won't, they're not going to listen to whatever the person says because they're going to feel like the person's trying to fix them. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So kind of, I I do feel like I'll I'll share from personal experience, the play, the things that I have been able to grow at Mm -hmm. or even conquer in my life. Mm -hmm. It's when I am open to listening myself, right? I, I obviously need to have that safe place to share. Mm-hmm. And I had it. I was fortunate to have it. And what was that ingredient? What were those ingredients, well, PJ? That- yeah, I knew, th- I knew it was a safe place. I knew there was okay. love. I okay. knew there wasn't okay. like a necessarily, th- the person didn't think I was a terrible person. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. And I knew there was compassion there. Okay. But I also knew, I also knew this. There was an expectation of this, something might need to change. Mm. And so, obviously, you may not agree with that, uh, but, you know, I'll take the, the woman caught in adultery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was forced into a relationship with Jesus that she probably wouldn't have entered herself. Right. But she found a compassion unbridled by anyone else. She found a non-condemnation. Mm-hmm. Right. 
But she also did find words of, hey, listen, there's some growth that needs to happen. And so, you know, balancing that fact of like, I need to be open to the fact that I might need to grow in some form or fashion. Right. And so I'm not, I'm not saying that they need to, but what I'm saying is if I, if I'm, if I feel like I'm struggling with something, I need to make sure that I'm able to see uh, another perspective, but you need to have those other ingredients to be able to see it. it. You just can't go to anyone and be like, Hey, so I'm struggling with this. Um, obviously that's not going to work cause you don't know who you're going to encounter. It might not be a safe person. It might be someone who's going to be judgy. It might be someone who's going to, you know, bring down a Bible <laughs> and thump you on mm -hmm. the head. Obviously I don't agree with those sentiments. No, no, of course, um, of course. And, and I wasn't getting that. My thing is, as it pertains to, to, to that transformational conversation sure. Jesus had with the woman at the well, right? Yeah. Like, like woman Jesus, cut adultery. Oh, sorry. Cut adultery. Thanks. Yeah. I'm anyhow. Uh, my my thinking is Jesus is the par excellence, you know, when it comes to psychologist, psychiatrist, sure. coach, you know, whatever you want to use, counselor. Yeah, sure. So, and and these were were brief moments. I think that to get to a per for a person to get to a place, and and please, just you know, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. To a to a place where they have to be or want, um, they will be open to listen to someone else they have to feel heard mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. sometimes you're not going to accomplish that and the first time you and, th and that's and that's what oh, no, I'm, and that's i'm not what saying I'm that at all and so i knew there was like some deafening silence when i was saying some of this <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> because i i understand i understand where some people might be thinking oh you're still trying to change them okay uh, but what i'm saying is the ingredients, like you said, mm -hmm. have to be there. The compassion mm -hmm. has to be there. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I there agree. has to be. Um, I believe in miracles from God. I believe that things oh, yes. could happen. Oh, I mean, yes. Jesus did it in one conversation. Right. I understand, but there was something deeper there. There was, you know, there was definitely no condemnation. Right. No, of course. And there was love. And so I feel like mm -hmm. that is the mm -hmm. first, mm -hmm. first step that the no condemnation out of love must be the first step. But I, what I'm saying is, as me, as someone who needs to, Still needs a lot to be fixed. Mm -hmm. Same here. It, or still needs growth. Um, you know, I feel like sometimes when we get, I feel like sometimes some 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 of the older guard, or maybe even some people who have issues with mental health issues mm -hmm. and psychology, mm -hmm. and you know, trying to get there, it, it's because maybe sometimes a practical outcome isn't addressed or Hey, listen, there, there are steps to different things. For instance, if I, if I struggled with depression, we're going to find steps mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. get me out of that mm -hmm. depression. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we need to, first we need to find out, Hey, what, where do you want to go? That's right. Where do you want to go? I, I will, I will help you get to where you want to go as long as obviously there's worldviews here that sometimes can contrast and, and um, clash. Right. And so obviously, but I'm, I'm going to love you as a person. I'm going to get, I want to get you to the healthiest place possible that we can possibly get there together. Mm -hmm. And I'm always going to love you, but also here's some steps that we can do to explore health or change or opportunities in realms. Right. Yeah, but if that person's not ready, sure, mm -hmm, and, and, then then we do have to be respectful of their process. Sure, and that's what I want to make sure we communicate um, to our listeners that you know sometimes you may have that initial conversation, and that person really is not ready to hear anything different. They just really are not at that mm -hmm. place. But but I think we have to be ready and prepared for that. Mm -hmm. That we don't go in with this. Um, mindset that you know I'm going to you know have this whole conversation with this person and that um, they've got to hear initially um, the 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 guidance or the advice or the different way to look at this this situation that they're dealing with but sometimes it's a process sometimes it may take six or seven conversations before the person is open and that's something that you have to be able to gauge as you're talking with the person it goes back to being compassionate mm -hmm. and you know that you're willing to take a step back and let the person work the process the way that they feel like 
is best for them because we're, we're we can't dictate people's processes mm-hmm. okay and i'm speaking from a counseling perspective right now okay sure, i'm sure, talking sure. straight from a counselor that's right. okay hey, that's all right <laughs> um that we just cannot di- dictate that you know i have so many clients so many times i'm just like if I could just tell her that, (laughs) but I know she's not ready to hear it yet. So Mm. I have to be mindful that, um, the open, um, uh, mind is not present Mm. in the session and I have to take a step back and I have to be patient with the client's process. And I think we, is we're having conversations that are hard and difficult with people. And you all as youth pastors, I know you have those conversations a lot with mm-hmm. the youth um, that we also have to be willing to be patient with their processes. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me address that from a pastor's perspective. <laughs> all right. I addressed it from a counselor's right, perspective. Right. Now you got to so, address it from a pastor's you know, perspective. Come on and, and I want you to know <laughs> that I am... Um, a professional pastor. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I don't know. You, wait, you, wait. you kind of discredit yourself no, sometimes. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I, I, you didn't let me finish. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Who's not classically trained. <laughs> See how you... But, 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 tell them what your undergraduate is in. I got a BS in psychology. Oh, okay. There you go. But that's all it is. <laughs> You're killing me. All so right. Else. Uh, you can read between the lines of what I'm saying there. Oh man! Okay, because that's it's, it was just a four year degree. So look, my undergrad I am, is in theology. I am I am so <laughs> I am so trained uh, for everything that I say. Uh, I have about three thousand sec at uh, three two. Th- you did two two thousand two thousand hours. 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 I have about two thousand seconds of <laughs> of experience in psych psychology. Um, so. Oh, that's about it. Okay. I, Anyways, oh, well, I appreciate that piece. But from a past pers- perspective, I want to say, I agree with you. The process is important. Even, even I want to take this even spiritually, even in a salvation issue. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yes. um, I know what you're hearing from me and I know you're trying to say, Hey, listen, careful. So I, I like that the <laughs> fact that you made it clear, <laughs> but I want to make it clear that I do believe in the process. Okay. Because I do believe even in salvation, a lot of pastors, a lot of churches expect new converts to instantly be perfect Adventists Uh-oh. or perfect oh, Christians. Okay, watch it now. Okay, and they're, yeah, not no, respecting, right? like, to they're not respecting their process. Yes. So yes, I'll, yes. I'll take it this way, and we'll take this both psychologically and spiritually. We expect to make, well, well Jesus in the Great Commission mm-hmm. called us to make disciples. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right. Mm-hmm. He did. When we read um, the gospels and we follow the disciples when they follow Jesus, they were morons. Yeah, pretty much. They're mm. buffoons. Mm. Okay. Their behavior, their behavior. Cause we yes. don't want to call you. them. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you. See, he's learning. He's a star pupil. So I, I, um, and I say that because I, um, I like their story. <laughs> Now, when we get into Acts, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, we now mm -hmm. see the apostles. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. An apostle means sent by God. Mm -hmm. Oh, come on now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Think he is getting preached. Here we go. And oftentimes when we create converts and we create baptisms, we want them to go straight to apostles. Yes. Mm. yes. And by the way, that means sent by God, not sent by me. Ooh, <laughs> come on now. So we need to let God do the work and Amen. let him send them out. Respect oh. the process. Clap. You can clap. Oh, come on now. He's preaching. I'm telling you. Come He's on now. It. Yes. So I agree with you, right? So in all I was saying, and I want to make sure I'm clear, I want to be clear to say that in my in my own life, the places where I've made the most strides is when I am open to change myself. Yes. When I'm not ready. Yes. When I'm not ready. Yes. And I haven't processed yes. it. Yes. I can't get there. Can't get there. Right. right? But and you're so allowing I, God to change you, right? Because well, that's the only way to change. Right. That's really the Holy Spirit. Again, we're talking about clear, right? I'm just making sure it's clear. So I agree with you, and I wanted to bring that to the spiritual. Yeah. Perfect. So it worked perfect. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now, now, Justina's a great student because she's going to take us to our next question. But before I do, I take us there, right? This is what I wanted to, I, I want to make sure that we heard this correctly. If you're having those feelings as a Christian, mm-hmm. okay, uh, number one, understand it is normal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So first, let's normalize this, okay? Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with you. This is part of your development, development. Mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Second, are we, are, can sorry, I clarify that? Yeah, go ahead. Are we saying it 
is a part or it can be a part? It can be. It can be. It can be a part of healthy development. Yeah, right, right. But I think, never mind. It can be. Let's just leave it there. Everyone develops differently. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right, right, right. Okay, so number one, get that. Number two, find someone who you can talk to about this. Do not store this. Do not store it. Okay, that's going to be the temptation. And the enemy wants you to store it. Yes, yes. Okay, and he's going to probably get some friends around you or some family members around you who are going to act like idiots and they're going to try to diminish or make you feel uncomfortable because of what you're feeling and we're saying do not take that as a bait to store it right find somebody safe if it's not your parents if it's not your siblings if it's not your aunts and uncles find somebody teacher preacher somebody Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. who you can talk to who's a safe and compassionate and loving towards you in a healthy way, right? Because we talked about to- toxicity before. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. And talk about it. Mm-hmm. So that way, um, in due time, and what PJ is saying, you allow God to continue to work and give you clarity as to what He wants for, for you. you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to wrap this episode up here. Okay. Okay. Uh, because our next episode is going to address another popular question oh. about depression and anxiety. Okay. okay. And I knew that one's going to take mm-hmm. us a little bit. So I figured we'd go ahead and, and, and pause right here. Mm-hmm. We still want to hear from you, diversityonthehill at gmail.com. If you have any comments, statements, or uh, you just want to shout out, you reach us there. You can also reach us on the IG at Diversity on a Hill. There you go. Spells with a C as well. There you go. Nothing changes there, dear ones. All right. Justina, so, is there any place someone can find you is there anything you like to plug is there anything that you they can find me um usually i just use my um email address okay mm-hmm. ei coaching 2019 at gmail.com all right there you go if you have so some hey you, you could go straight questions? you could go straight to the person <laughs> with the smart brains um <laughs> and email educated in this so you but. need resources for mental health in this area mm-hmm. or you have questions absolutely she's phenomenal mind. i'm telling you i just i just <laughs> reach <know>. out <laughs> all right pj you want to pray for us yes dear heavenly father lord first and foremost we want to praise your name because you are an awesome god we thank you lord that you are always a safe place to go thank you. yes um even if others make us feel like you're not um lord we pray that we will always be able to come to you amen and Lord, make us safe spaces as well. Always. Uh, Lord, we pray for those who are dealing with some kind of a mental health issue. And we pray, Lord, that you will uh, give them the health that they need. Lord, you want us to be healthy in every aspect of our lives. Yes. And Lord, for that, we just ask for you to, to come into our lives and to guide and direct us every step of the way. Amen. Thank you for this conversation. We yes. pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to Diversity on a Hill. This is PJ and I'm out. JR, I'm out as well. Sweet. And PK here. Many blessings. Till next time.